I'm Nadine, uh, head of marketing at Digital Search. This is Jude. If you want to introduce yourself, uh, so I'm, I'm a digital marketing specialist at Digital Search. He's uh, he's the best in the business. So just uh, shout out to all other challenging crypto exchanges. You're running a losing battle. Anyway, sidetracking here. This is quite exciting for us. Um, so I am a little giddy because we have prepared this really nice setup for our amazing, amazing digital search customers. And this is something we hope to be doing frequently to be adding value that will actually tangibly impact your day to day, um, impact your trading, impact your investing. So our goal here is to give tangible, legitimate, um, sharing experiences from our own investing in crypto and in life in general. Um, in with the expectation that you can take something from it that will help sharpen your own investing journey. Really, that's what it comes down to now. Because we are a business and we, uh, I probably have to say this, what we're saying is not investing advice or financial advice or anything like that. It is for strictly educational purposes, or should I say entertaining purposes, I'm not too sure. But all we're doing really is just sharing what we've been through. And I think it's very important um, on the subject of do your own research. One of the keys is you should really listen to people who have actually gone through the things themselves. So it's quite easy to get trapped when you're doing YouTube research, which I'm sure Jude can talk on. Like there's a lot of people who talk about anything from fundamental analysis to technical analysis to investing secrets. But what you'll find is these people on YouTube, they actually make their living on YouTube videos and the money that they make talking, talking about financial advice on YouTube, but they don't actually trade themselves and that they don't actually make their living off the trading that they're doing. Now, they're not all like that, but from my experience, a good 90% of them actually are like that. And so, you know, anyway, I don't want to go too down that rabbit hole, but my point here is we want to be very transparent, very open to um, our biggest mistakes and how we turn those around and what we've learned. So hopefully, to prevent others making those mistakes. Um, and just to clarify, this is a casual crypto chat. So there isn't necessarily a set and start agenda. We're just here talking about our experiences. So I hope you enjoy the show. Please let us know. Jude, uh, how are you doing? <laughs> nice introduction. Thank you. That was my first time, so not too bad. Um, I thought we might start on... Let, let, let's start like some, some basic, like what's off the top of your head, the biggest mistake, one of the, let's say one of the biggest mistakes you've made connecting if you can to crypto, otherwise investing in general. Yeah. I mean, one of the mistakes that I made, uh, I mentioned some time ago was, um, being greedy really. And so there was this investment, I put in some money into it and in a matter of like weeks it almost like doubled and then i um, sold out of that investment and then um i was in need of money <laughs> and so i said oh you know what like if this thing is gonna like uh double in like two weeks again i would get you know extra amount of money so i put in about twenty thousand 
dollars into the investment. Right. And then unfortunately, it went to zero. <laughs> and you know, and it taught me a lesson, uh, one about not being greedy, um, and two, um, always trying to understand because I didn't really understand the business itself, why it was, you know, growing the way it was, uh, the underlying like fundamentals of that business. And so it taught me a lesson that you need to be an expert in anything you're investing in, mm. right? Because Warren Buffett said, truthfully, people talk about diversifying your portfolio, but you only diversify, according to him, when you don't know what you're doing. Mm. But if you've done your research, you really understand like the fundamentals of the investment you're about to make, then you have minimized the risk significantly because it's always a risk, but at least it's not as risky. Sure. You know, you know, actually, when you uh, what you're talking about right now reminds me of like just to talk on the crypto landscape, something a lot of people haven't really learned to separate is there are altcoins or in another term, shit coins. Um, I don't, everyone knows what they are. But on, on that note, it's kind of like at the end of the day, you have to understand the difference between a company, a crypto company or coin that actually has tangible fundamental value. And what that means is that they are providing a real world service or product of some sort. Um, Dogecoin isn't, SHIB isn't, and about a couple hundred or a couple thousand others are not. However, they are uh, a good handful that are providing tangible um, services and products of some sort that are solving real world problems. And the reason why it's super important to separate that too is at the end of the day, unless you're extremely experienced and really have high level, uh, technical analysis, understanding and, and uh, spending 30, 40 hours a week on looking at those charts nonstop. When you invest in coins that don't have tangible value, you have to invest with that mindset because yes, I don't care if it's going up a thousand percent or it's keep on going up every year, a hundred percent. At the end of the day, if something doesn't actually have value, it can drop off the face of the earth any second. But things and, and with no guarantee for it to go back up, but things that actually have tangible value, it's a bit of a different mindset because if you've gone into it and looked really deep into, like, I'll talk about helium, right? Yeah. So, so helium is actually something that you introduced me to. Yeah. And I invested in helium. And even though it dropped off the, like, just died, just like all the other coins right now, 50, 60, 70, 80% down, I don't care because helium is actually providing a solution to the world which is basically decentralizing data and Wi-Fi, the data and wireless. So it's basically competing against telecom, and they have almost 800,000 hotspots around the world, growing 80,000 hotspots every 30 days. So you imagine if that was on a P&L and a balance sheet, right, as a company, imagine a company growing 10% month on month for the past two, three years. Yeah. You're going to invest in that. You're not going to be too worried about that. Also, I know that they just got 150 million US dollars in funding about a month ago. So as a company, they're killing it. So the price right now is irrelevant. I just hold on to it. It's all good. I don't have to think about it. I just hold. It's good. It's a long-term investment. It's a healthy investment. It has low risk, high reward. But something like Dogecoin, 
what are you waiting for? Elon Musk, the tweet. Like, Dogecoin? Like, what if he never does? Or SHIB? Like, what if it happened to SHIB? SHIB used to be like 50 billion, I think, for like a couple of days or a week. Yeah. And then now it's like, when's the last time you've ever heard the word SHIB like in the news? It doesn't happen. Doge only happens because Elon talks about it. Yeah. The point here, anyway, kind of is on the diversification side of things is understand what you're investing in and look at the altcoins as high risk and invest with that mindset. And really, at the end of the day, the people who think long-term are the people who win. Anyone who's looking for short gain, short-term wins, like put $1,000 in a Dogecoin, it jumps up 10x, you make 10 grand, you get the 10,000, you throw it into SHIB. It 10x's again, it's $100,000. You're like, holy crap, my life has changed, it's $100,000. The thing that you're not thinking about and realizing that a lot of investors or traders in crypto are not thinking about is what are the habits that you are forming? What are the investing habits and behaviors that you're forming and are you aware of those behaviors? If you're aware and you're consciously setting aside, let's say, 10% of your investing money into those things, then that's fine because it's a conscious decision. But if you are looking at everything as the same, that's where the problem lies. Because at some point, even if you make $100,000 or $500,000, the habits that you've created will at some point shoot you in the foot because you didn't build correct, correct behaviors. And it's like the, the very popular saying, which uh, I don't know if it's an actual saying, but it's, it's like, let's say uh, uh, some wisdom or truth is, it's much easier to make money than keep it and even harder to multiply it. So a lot of people come across millions but it, and they could get lucky like 10, 20, 30 times, but it only takes one to lose everything that you made. And like, that's the importance of longevity and healthy investing principles that you might see your friends who are killing it right now, but it's the question is who's going to kill it in 10 years from now? Who's going to win in 10 years from now? Yeah, what do you want to know? I mean, it's just the, the the same thing people need to understand, like from what you're saying. Uh, one style of investing can technically not be considered investing because it's more like gambling. Mm -hmm. You're putting your money hoping they're going to get lucky and not really understanding why, you know, something's going to happen. Like with Helium, you're talking about. You're putting your money because you know they're building this network and in the long term it's going to grow and it's going to have value and that's what's going to make your investment in helium um, successful yeah. if you put it into dogecoin it has nothing it's it, it exists for the sake of existing yeah. and you know putting your money into that kind of investment and you're saying oh it's going to grow like 10x or whatever that's a hope you're hoping you're going to get lucky yeah. right and so ultimately what people need to be doing is they need to consider themselves as investors and not gamblers. And I think that is a different mindset. Yeah. Uh, an investor obviously is out to make money and obviously not do it in a way that is risky and can risk their entire portfolio. Right. And so, um, it's all like, even if you wanted to invest in Shiba, as you said, like 10% or whatever, if it goes up, you're not trying to ride a wave to become whatever, a millionaire, a billionaire, whatever it is. You're like, okay, it's gone up a certain amount. It's time for me to take my profits off the table, you know, and because you're out to make money as an investor, really. Mm. That's what it is all about. So I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, and obviously, like, portfolio management also plays a role in, in the entire thing as well. So, yeah.
I, th- I think on that note, of it's important to something I always tell everyone from who I work with or just uh, people I come across. I, I, I always have the saying of don't look like never overestimate yourself and underestimate yourself. Like it's, it's very easy to do both over like overestimating your strengths and underestimating your weaknesses. I always tell people that because it's very easy to convince yourself that you're a really good TA trader. Like, man, I'm a killer day trader. But have you calculated every single dollar and every single trade that you've ever done since the first day you started until today? And what is your P&L? And even if you're in the positive, the question is, if you had all that money and you just put it in Bitcoin, for example, you might have gotten like a 10x larger return because sometimes it's easy to get caught up in the emotional roller coaster of making, you know, a thousand dollars to ten thousand dollars in one single trade in one day. And you're like, whoa. But you don't realize when you're caught on this emotional roller coaster that you're like making 10,000, losing 5,000, making 10,000, losing 15,000. And it's like, and then it comes to like the end of tax year and you're like, Oh, early wage. Or, or you might even be like, whoa, I made $20,000 profit, which is amazing. But sometimes we don't even question like, is this the, is this the best type of activity for trading to produce the best ROI for you as an individual with your certain skill sets? So I can use myself as an example. Before I started working at Digital Surge, I actually um, was full-time trading uh, for about six months. I wanted to get fully into cryptocurrency. I left my company. I was a co-founder of a company named Volta. And I left that company and I decided I want to go all in onto this whole crypto thing. And at the time, there wasn't really like huge demand for like, ex- like exchange-wise, there was only really like CoinSpot at this time. And, you know, it's not like they were pumping out hires. I, I, I never, to be honest, never found anything interesting about CoinSpot. Um, just I don't know, they seemed old and kind of outdated to me. Anyway, side note, that's not a shiny quite spot, even though it sounds like it. It's not what I thought it <laughs> My point is, there was no jobs. I get a little distracted here. And I, I was like, okay, I'm going to go all in over crypto, so I was deciding, right, let me, let me do some trading. I spent probably 60 hours a week learning TA. Uh, I didn't do a single trade for like one month and I did 60 to 70 hours plus a week learning, 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 learning. Then I started trading. My first trade, I made like $400. And I was like, dang, this is easy. And I kept on popping. I started averaging in my first two weeks and made like $1,500 a week. And this is like, I just started, but I did spend, you know, like full 500 hours worth of study. And I started bumping it up and then like one trade, I made like $1,000. And then I was like, okay, let me play around with leverage. I went on Binance, I'm leveraging like crazy 10x, 20x, 50x, 100x. And I remember the first time I got my first 100x leverage to the T. And it made like thousands in one hit. And I was like, dang, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become a millionaire. This is going to be crazy. And then what happened is the bull run started happening a few years ago. Uh, around COVID and the whole game changed because it's like this whole new level of emotional challenge because the charts started going wild. I remember I put in like $200, I think on XRP at the time. And that's when it like went up to like $2.50. It 
It was $200 on 100x leverage. And it pumped like 150% in like a week. It was like insane. And I was just seeing like I couldn't sleep every night. I was checking my phone. There's things like $800 profit, $1,200 profit, $1,800 profit, $2,600 profit. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And then I'm like, sleep for 30 minutes. I'll wake up and it's like $200 profit. I'm like, ah, do what? I just had $1,800. Now I have $200. And I'm like, sell, sell, sell. And then the second I sell, it shoots back up. And I would have made, I remember I woke up that day and I calculated, I would have made $10,000. We're going to evolve it through money. And I'm like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Anyway, it was just insanity. So anyway, I, I worked so hard towards this. You have no idea. I worked so hard. And I, I, I read this book, Trading in the Zone. And it's about how like your emotions and controlling your emotions and all this type of stuff is super important. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, long story short here is I had to come to the conclusion that my greatest skill set is not trading. My greatest skill set is building businesses and long-term investments and committing to long-term investments. I'm very business savvy. And uh, my greatest ROI is being part of a company or building a company and, and, and getting a return from that. And then also just investing on long-term things. Because at the end of the day, you got, I have to swallow that pill of pride and be like, you know what? I have a level of emotional side to me that I think realistically Maybe I could come for it, but in terms of how long it would take versus, you know, I started my first business when I was 14 years old. I've been in business like 24-7 for a long time. I spent all my life and natural ability in building a business and making money in a business. But then now I want to try and like conquer this whole thing that's naturally difficult to me when this other thing is naturally easy for me. So I have to make the decision of like, okay, my best ROI isn't in day trading. My best ROI is join with a crypto exchange, bring my skill set of building a crypto exchange company, and then whatever I make from that company or whatever, I can invest long-term in things. And what started to happen is I started uh, dollar cost averaging into primarily XRP. Shout out to all the XRP lovers. Um, and, and what I felt, even though the market's down right now, I'd be DCAing for like a good year, over a year plus in XRB. And even right now, as the markets have crashed, I'm not even that far from like my break even in terms of the amount of XRB that I've built up is crazy. That even when XRP goes up to a dollar Australian, I've already made more money than all my trading put together already. And that's not even my goal to sell at a dollar, it's to sell it like around five, six dollars. <clears throat> so it's like, the, the, that was a huge turning point for me where it's like, it's not quicker, it takes longer, but the ROI is way more. Mm. So that's kind of like, that was a huge turning point for me of just coming down to reality of like, you got you to get real to yourself of, of what are you good at and what are you bad at? Like, what are you the best at? Stick with that. Forget about everything else. That is your money maker. Yeah. I mean, investing, if you think about investing in a company, uh, for example, aside from crypto, my biggest um, holdings in terms of uh, shares is Tesla. Mm. Right. And so I look at it as like, you, if you say, um, 
in the internal combustion engine is, is going to fade eventually and electric cars are going to you know, take over. And you think, okay, who is the best person in that industry that can actually like bring this vision um, to life? And you think, okay, this is, you know, it's Elon or it's whoever else. You're also kind of, in a way, um, bending your money that the person's smarter than you are. Because obviously, like if you say you're great at uh, doing any business type ventures, right? You can say, I'm going to go start my own, own electric car company. <laughs> but you also have to evaluate and say, okay, right. Like right now, Tesla's so far ahead. Elon's awesome. Mm-hmm. Rather than starting like an electric car company, you're going to put your money um, into Tesla instead. And so it's kind of like the same thing. So you're talking about investing in XRP. Probably there's something that you've seen in the company and the people and you're trusting they're giving your money to the right person that's going to you know bring whatever vision that they've set out to achieve to fruition. And that's also what's going to give you the ROI, right? Because if not, if you don't believe in that, then you rather bet on yourself and go start your own company, sure. you know, instead of investing in something else. I so that's part of where the self-awareness comes from, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, because uh, some people want to become entrepreneurs. Why? They think, oh, I'm going to become an entrepreneur because I want to make a lot of money versus thinking, mm-hmm. do I have the right skill sets to be an entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. And if I don't, this money that I'm about to put in this business, would I be better served putting it in like an investment where somebody else has the skills, the knowledge, whatever to make that thing successful? You know, and you put your money there and get better at right. Yeah. So that's, that's part of like, you know, the considerations, like you said, you saw technical analysis, you're like, okay, this is not for me. This is where my strengths are. I'm going to put my investments in XRP. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's very important to have that. Yeah. Said, yeah. Yeah, like what you said, it was like everyone wants to start a business and be an entrepreneur. And it's like in the crypto world, everyone wants to be a day trader. It's like the same thing. It's like you you have to understand what it takes to consistently be good at day trading. And honestly, the reality is, from my experience and everyone that I've ever come across who's like actually good at day trading, if you're not doing it full time as if it is a business, like, and full time is not 40 hours, 40 hours in a, or 38 hours or whatever in a business, in a business business. You're talking like 50, 60 hours a week for years until you could cut back because you're so good. Like years and years and years of 50, 60, 70 plus hours every single week, nonstop in terms of getting to a place where you can go in and out of trades with like 90% success rate and your net worth is just keep on climbing up month and month and month and month. You have like solid emotional control because it goes back to what I was saying of like, you, you, you could very well just be getting lucky and not even knowing. And that is what has happened to a lot of people because they, 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 they because they're not inexperienced. They don't even realize that during a bull run, everyone makes money, even if you do the wrong thing. So it's actually, you're not a great trader. Yeah. You are just in a bull run. Like everyone makes money in the bull run. So it's like, that's the reality. Like, if you really want to see you're a good trader, try and make a living trading on a spot platform, so no margin, so you can't short when it's a bear market. So you, like, try and make money on a spot market like Digital Surge. Um, well, even, even on, on margin, like, it's all the same. The, the point is, during a bear market, only the true traders make money. Like, it's, it's hard. It's very, very hard. Your TA has to be on point all the time. But during a bull run, it's easy to get caught up in delusion thinking you're really great 
and and you make all this money. I uh, just have a question come in. I'm not sure by who. It'd be great to know who the question's by, which may be the amazing stew behind the scenes who's making all this possible can let me know. Uh, you could probably just shout out if you're wanting in the mic. Or Samantha. So Samantha's asked, what is XRP? Um, XRP is a, a crypto coin uh, by the company Ripple Labs, or Ripple, I don't know why everyone has it labs in their name these days. Anyway, whatever. Uh, it's like a top five coin. So, um, uh, I mean, to give a very short kind of, of maybe what they're about, Ripple's basically trying to um, replace the international transfer. Well, not just international, but basically competing against like things like uh, Swift. Swift and also, um, what's that really popular one? Western Union, oh, stuff like that. Right. Yeah, so they basically enable banks and companies and whatnot to transfer money almost instantly for like zero chip cost. It's like in the sense um, you could transfer like a billion dollars for like 20 cents or whatever, 10 cents or even. That's basically XRP, um, but they they have a very solid kind of business model that they're focusing on, um, which I'm betting on for the short term anyway, which could be a few years, but yeah, that's what XRP is. But anyway, so cool. Uh, if there's any other questions, you can send them through whenever, Stu. But we, we didn't want to kind of go, I mean, is any basic things i didn't want to kind of talk for like three hours straight but maybe if uh for those who are watching if you have questions specific to kind of what we've talked about so far that you want us to kind of go a little bit more into or anything like that that'd be great but yeah i mean based on everything you said and uh, we're talking about like the main thing is i think people there's a FOMO side of things where people feel like they're going to be missing, missing out on like something else that might be happening in the world of crypto. Um, I came to a realization. It was not really crypto related, but I think it applies generally in life. Uh, a lot of people feel like if they specialize or focus on like one thing or a few things, then they're going to be missing out on like a whole bunch of other stuff. Right. And the truth is like when you're able to really, um, concentrate. In one on one specific thing, you can get so good that more opportunities actually open up just from being the focus. And even in crypto, there's like a whole bunch of stuff. There's like, you know, um, just the buying and selling of the coins. Mm -hmm. um, there's also the DeFi aspect. You have the metaverse. You have like all these different things. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, um, yeah, somebody decides they want to specialize in the metaverse or NFTs or many of those kind of things or mm -hmm. gaming. They become so good that they're able to like see things. Mm. If you see like Tesla, for example, um, and being able to predict, um, some of the issues in the supply chain that people are facing, you have a lot of car companies trying to transition into becoming, um, electric or having more electric based cars. And they're having issues even finding batteries. Why? Because of the supply of like nickel and a whole bunch of other important, um, metals. But Tesla being able to predict some of these things mm -hmm. because they're so good. They really understood the industry. They make deals. They sign contracts. They do a whole bunch of stuff. They're talking now, like possibly even buying like mines or building their own labs for chips. Like because they're so ahead and they really became experts at this thing, 
versus um, someone else that might be trying to do like all the other car manufacturers don't just do only electric they yeah. do everything yeah so of course they can't how are they going to compete with tesla who only does electric exactly there's no way i mean if you look at the other electric company that is doing well like byd they used to sell combustion engine vehicles and then they shut down that business yeah and they were like look we're just going to focus on like electric vehicles because it just makes sense that specializing is better, especially if you believe that that is future. So if you believe that crypto is like the next, you know, big um, opportunity yeah. um, to create wealth, then you need to be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to spend time. Like, as you said, you spend hours yeah. trying to learn types of analysis. Yeah. I spent hours like, you know, learning about crypto. It's, I mean, even this morning, what was I doing? I'm only learning about crypto every single morning. When I'm on the bus, yeah. I'm learning about crypto. Um, you know, I, I'm writing a newsletter about crypto. So I'm always reading about like crypto news and things like that because I want to get really good. And even then I'm trying to be like, okay, you know what? Crypto is like so wide, right? So it's like, where do I want to really like focus in crypto? So I become that expert at this thing. And then I can identify like the opportunities that come in that specific space. So I don't care about the metaverse. I mean, it's nice. I hear about it, but technically I don't care about the metaverse. I don't care about NFTs. Um, what I'm really more interested in is like, you know, the main cryptocurrencies. And in fact, I'm trying to even boil it down to like just the layer ones, like yeah. Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all the yeah. different guys. Like, what are they all about? Yeah. What's the next best thing in that space versus trying to. Yeah. And even on that note, it's not even that like those things aren't going to be successful. They, they could very well be very successful. The point is you pick a niche. Yeah. Because within crypto, there's so many like, there's so many, but if you narrow it down and just like, for example, you're like, all right, I'm going to be strictly like a fundamental analysis. And like, before I invest in any crypto coin, I'm going to look in extreme detail in their white paper, what they're about, what they're doing. I'm going to follow them on Twitter and Instagram to get all the updates and just like be fully immersed. And before I make a decision and when I make decisions, I'm going to only think on five year timeframes. Or 10 year time frames. Or what like or on the other spectrum, you're like, you know what? I'm gonna be a shitcoin expert. <laughs> Only goes and shit, and that's it. And and Luna. Good. <laughs> which is the whole other thing I shouldn't even bring up, which is uh, a problem at the moment. A very unfortunate thing that happened. Yeah. I mean, I know people that make money from the ICUs from a lot of coins. Um, that's their own like specialty. They, yeah. they know how to get in on ICOs. That's initial coin offerings, right? And they know like once you get in at a very cheap price, initially, a lot of times the coins can like rise violently priced. Yeah. And then they sell, yeah. you know, at that point, they're not trying to ride the wave yes. for the next like five years yeah. or whatever, because, yeah. you know, technically speaking, why, you know, is important that a coin has a use case, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, like helium, is that, yeah. um, you're, you're trying to make sure that this thing has like a long-term time horizon, yeah. right? And there's a chance that there's there's an important enough problem that they're trying to solve that they're going to be around for a long time. And that problem actually has like a large market cap so that the value of the thing, you know, um, grows. Like with Helium is going after the telecoms industry, really. Yeah. And that's like the hundreds of billions yeah. in the US. Yes. It's trillions. It's trillions. So like, you know, that's a massive industry that they're going after. And if they can actually like break in at 
you know, um, do what, uh, accomplish what they're saying they're going to do. Mm-hmm. That's like a massive growth, yeah. right? Sure. As well, like Rishi, but whatever else, like if you got in early and it got to like a certain point and then you sold out, you'd have probably made like good amount of money, right? right. And that's it. You're not trying to, you know, say cheap is going to be here for like the next five, 10, whatever year. So yeah. like that also, I think plays a role in terms of- And like, it needs to be realistic. Yeah. Like everything has a roof, but- especially more so things that don't have tangible value have a root. Yeah. Like, you might, it's very likely that things that don't have tangible value and actually solving real-world problems and providing actual products and all services, the likelihood of them even reaching back to their previous all-time high is so small, it's not even funny. It's possible but then again, it goes back to that conversation of like a gamble. It's like what, like I, like I know it sounds like I'm hating on Dogecoin and shit right now. I literally invested, I put money in Dogecoin last week, and I made like three hundred bucks. But the trade was like eight hours because it's Dogecoin. I put money in. I knew it was going to go up. It went up like fifteen percent, and I was like, sweet, free money, and then dipped down. I wasn't like, yeah, hodl for life. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Don't go to the movie. <laughs> like, it's just not. There's, there's no value in it. There's no tangible value. There's only perceived value. There's only agreed upon value between in, within the community. Over time, it's very likely to dwindle. Dogecoin is a little bit of a unique situation because one of the most influential people on the planet happens to keep on letting, um, what do you call it? Like shilling it, yeah. basically. So if it wasn't for that, this thing wouldn't exist. That's that's still it. I mean, it might, but it would be like $1 billion market cap. Mm-hmm. If not, it'd be maybe back into the hundreds of millions. But anyway, it's uh, something to uh, just remember. Yeah. Uh, I mean, also based on what you're saying, like anybody who's telling you to huddle any coin is a liar. Mm. Uh, because like one thing that's the thing I like is is a fact because like you know one but thing, Bitcoin, but even Bitcoin like truthfully <laughs> speaking like here's the thing right there's always a price mm. where somebody's going to be willing to sell oh yeah for sure that's what I mean yeah. so like huddling is like oh you're going to hold this forever it's going to go to the moon but when it gets to the moon, are they going to get out? Are they going to sell? You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, so there's always a price. Yes. And so they were going to, they're going to tell you as, you know, a new investor, huddle, huddle, huddle. And if they're going to get a certain point, they sell out and the day crashes. <laughs> and they're like, oh, huddle, you know, hold us on more. It's like, you know, they're asking you to huddle so that they can sell as quickly as they can. Oh, yeah. And they leave you holding the back. And so like, you know, even you're, you're talking about like, oh, long-term vision, five-year, 10-year. There's a price target, right? Once it hits your price target, you're gone. Like, you're not necessarily humbling. You're just unless, holding onto the gas. Unless it's Bitcoin. A bit, yeah, Come. obviously, like, yeah. I'm, I'm never going to sell with Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only one. And, and, and that is, yeah. In, in, unlike most of the people, I could probably think of Jude, Bitcoin is the only coin that I will actually hold. Yeah. Everything else is, has a price. Yeah, everything. Everything else has a price. So, I'm like, you know, any, any trades, whatever it is, like my goal is to literally accumulate more Bitcoin. Yep. That's like my end goal. Yep. Um, but my point is like, you know, even with Bitcoin, there are certain people in the community that I've heard that they're holding Bitcoin, but like for them, like once it gets to a certain million or whatever, they'll sell. They're going to sell. 
which I think they're losing out by doing that. Okay, so I think they've missed what Bitcoin is, which maybe should be another bit, uh, another uh, talk. Oh, uh, Purely, that's a that's a deep rabbit hole. Um, but yeah, like the whole point is like there's always a price. So like mm. aside from Bitcoin, for me, anybody telling to huddle is a liar. Like as an investor, pants on a liar as well. <laughs> you need to know like what price are you gonna you know exit because like. Yeah. If you invest something and it's going up to the moon, it, you, yeah. it's like 100,000, 1 million, whatever it is, you're not going to get that money until you sell, mm. right? Like, it's not like it's, it's not a bank. It's not to save. Yeah. It's, so you need to also have that in mind. On, on that note, something that is an absolute killer slash winner is don't like have an entry price and an exit price and don't change it. Don't change it. On if, if, like, look, I'm not going to go into the details of like, yeah, but what about like, just, just in the terms of like a general good rule of thumb for beginner to, actually not even that, because you might interpret beginner differently. It's a good general rule of thumb for like most traders, but the best tool, in my opinion, is consistency with whatever your rules are. So it's the amount of people that miss out and get killed. Like surely the people that are watching, how many times has it happened where you're like, all right, I'm going to buy in at $11 and two cents. And then you're like, you set, you set the trigger at $11 and two cents. And then the price is coming. It's moving. It's moving. Now $10 and 58. It comes down, it hits $11.02, and it goes back up, you miss the whole thing. That happened to everyone all the time. If you just stuck to it, it would have worked. And the same is on the other end. You just stick with it. You put in $1,000. Oh, man, I can go into some deep stuff. Um, I'm trying to keep this simple. But there, there's a lot of mentality things that people don't realize is impacting their overall ROI. I give one quick example. The ability to commit to a sell price is heavily attached to the value of that money to you. If you are in a, in a financial position that you're stretching yourself, it becomes very hard for most people to stick to their sell price. Like I'll give you an example. You only have $10,000 in your bank account. You have this crazy conviction of like this coin right now it's good 10x. You put $10,000 in, it 5x's, it's $50,000 and you're broke. You're behind on rent four weeks as well. $10,000 is all the money you have and your card broke down. Can you really hold until the 10? Or are you going to start pulling it out? You're probably going to start pulling it out at 20,000, to be honest. You probably didn't even make it to 50,000. And the crazy thing is, it gets to 100,000 and that could have changed your life. But because you stretched yourself too much. And the, and the lesson is put 2,000 or put 5,000 out of the 10,000 because you can sleep at night or put the amount that you're able to tolerate through the storms. Can you tolerate it? So let me tell you, the amount of XRP I've been buying is bonkers. And I had to calm down because I was buying so much that I realized I can't even pay my tax bills of it. <laughs> like this was about six months ago and i was like oh do i want to live life through sweating 
like all my money is going through tax, like all of it, because I spent all of it on XLP. So it's kind of like, mine's a little bit different in the sense of like, I'm going to make my life very miserable for like the next six months. But in other situations, it's like, can you even pay your bills? And that's making life miserable as well. So I've also learned to be like, look, other opportunities will come in due time. Just be better prepared for those ones. It might be five years, it might be 10 years. But the point is, commit to an amount that you can handle if everything goes bad. For example, commit to an amount that if the goal doesn't even get reached in five years, you can hold out. Predict what your life is like over that time. Is, it gonna, is something going to pop up where you're going to be sweating bullets looking at your account and it's 50% down, you put $10,000 in and it's $5,000 now. You're like, holy crap, I can't pay my bills next week. Oh my God, what am I going on? And you end up pulling it out and you literally just lost $5,000 and then next month it goes up to $100,000. <laughs> you're going to cry yourself to sleep every single night for a long time. And, uh, anyway, so that, that's like one of the major lessons that I've personally learned is, is just understanding where you're at and and it's, if you can go all in and you know that nothing will impact it, then that's cool and you can stick with it. But you're also going to have a reality of like, I, are you sure you want to be that uncomfortable for the foreseeable future? In case, you know, you might think it takes six months. What if it takes two years? Are you willing to be that uncomfortable? There's a lot of people out here taking credit cards and loans, and I was one of them. <laughs> That I, I, I didn't do it, but I wanted to do it. I was very close. I was going to get a home loan, say that I wanted to buy a home, hopefully banks aren't watching, and I was going to put that whole thing in Bitcoin. But you know what? I would have bought the top. I spent back. <laughs> so now I'm doing it. Uh, you know, you can get caught up in the emotional high. But yeah, it's uh, we're coming in to the uh, 45 minutes. Um, is there any, any last thoughts? I really think it's very true and very funny um, because, like, I, I have heard, like, there was an article I was reading, I forget whether it was, like, the Times or um, one of those um, outlets. And they're talking about how somebody had taken a $50,000 loan and invested the money. Yeah. I mean, luckily for the person, probably that was in the bull run, so maybe, you know, got lucky. But, like, let's say hold to the moon. Let's say hold to the moon. Um, but like, apparently, I don't think you even have the financial capacity to pay back that 50,000. You know, it was just depending on like the thing growing and then he would cash out and then loan. And yeah, it's very important that people understand that. Like you're, again, you're not gambling. You're an investor. You're out to make money and greed is terrible. Fear is terrible. Like greed from the aspect of like, you know, somebody telling you something is going to go up. Again, do your own research. And then you put in like money they're supposed to use for rent and other things. You don't even need the money soon in the hopes that it's going to go up. You cash out and, you know, get money back. And it's funny because this actually happened. I'm not going to say who it happened to. Uh, but like you can imagine, um, somebody was given money to pay their school fees and they took that money. And I think they put it in Bitcoin specifically because they were told that Bitcoin was going to go up and Bitcoin went down, right? And then it came time for them to pay the school fees and then they sold out. Like, let, let's say like they, they bought like about, uh, they had like 20,000, they put it in, Bitcoin sells like 15 or something like that. 
And so they needed to get like the rainy 5,000. And this is like a student, no job, no nothing. Um, in a, in a country where you're not even allowed to work as an international student, right? And so you're depending on family members, like, please help me. My dad's going to kill me, <laughs> you know, uh, give me some money because I need to pay my school fees. And the crazy thing, just like you said, Bitcoin went out. Yeah. So if she had actually held on, she would have made money. Yeah. And, you know, and that was the thing. She was trying to be greedy. She was like, well, here's 20,000. I'm going to put it, I'm going to make some money. I'm going to have some flexing money. Uh, everything else. And it goes back to what I was saying of like, don't put in money that is going to force you to close your position. Yeah. And, and that is why leverage is dangerous. Leverage is dangerous unless you're very, very skilled. And I have personal friends who were legitimate bona fide whales in the crypto world, like actual whales. Um, like actual whales, like people who do trades that impact, I, I can say it's all good shit, that impact the actual market. And every single one of them I talk to, none of them leverage trade. And they always say, well, why would you need a leverage trade when you can make trades this big, firstly? And also they say, altcoins is leverage. What more leverage do you want? These things go up and down 100% a day. Why do you need leverage? So it's like, if whales are not using leverage, why are you? Just like, there's a reason because like when you start getting real money, when you got like tens of millions on a trade, you don't leverage because it's crazy. So if the people who actually are doing really well are functioning by a certain set level of principles, it might be something to consider. Maybe there's a reason why they don't leverage trade. I'll leave it at that. There was one question. Um, Can we live? Yes. Uh, from Samantha. Thank you for mentioning the name. Um, yeah, uh, we, so quick side note, our digital surge will be starting a YouTube channel. Um, it's meant to be today, but we're not sure if that will happen. So it might be next week where the co-founders of the company and all that, we're going to have like fortnightly AMAs about company updates, new products that are coming out, new features that are coming out, what's happening to the company and all this type of stuff. And you can kind of see the faces behind the scenes, everyone from co-founders, to the leadership team, to other members, and you just kind of get some uh, behind-the-scenes action. On top of that, we're going to be adding in a whole bunch of other things. Now, this podcast, this is like a casual crypto chat podcast. As of right now, it's only going to be in the VIP group, and I do want to do it fortnightly to begin with to see the demand of it and uh, how many people watch this video after it's live. If it gets good traction within the VIP group, we will be looking at doing it more frequently, maybe weekly. And then from there, potentially looking at it, adding it onto the official Digital Surge YouTube channel. Um, as I personally think it is very valuable and impactful. And thank you, Helen, for your kind, was it Helen? Yeah, for your kind comment. I'm very glad it was helpful. And yeah, well, I thought this was an appropriate place to start these casual crypto chats. Um, because the people in the VIP Facebook group, you know, you're not necessarily beginners. You have put it a decent amount of money in crypto. A lot of you have self-managed super funds in crypto. So I think it's just important to provide transparent, real kind of experience of like what others are doing who work in the industry and breathe crypto. So. People like myself and Jude and others, 
not like we were already breathing crypto before we started working in exchange and uh, we both trade we both invest uh, we both have large business backgrounds and i just thought it's valuable to kind of you don't get too much of that um out on youtube and stuff like that and all these like educational videos and stuff i feel like there's a level of a lack of transparency and i think it's important to share the losses and unfortunately i didn't even get to share my losses well, I'll do that another one. I've, I've lost out on some crazy opportunities. Um, like I'm talking like $300 Bitcoin opportunities. I, <laughs> like some crazy ones. Anyway, that's for another time. Uh, but yeah, we just wanted to be transparent, true and honest. Um, that is the motto here at Digital Search. True, transparent, honest. It's not actually the motto, but that is the, uh, you know, company values that's the type of people that work at this company um and i think it's important to showcase that and to help our customers uh in a, in a more in-depth tangible way that they can actually go away and uh yep make a difference in their daily debts so thank you for watching thank you for your time um if you know anyone within the group tag them on this i know the group is private so you can't exactly tag people outside but again if it if it Gets enough traction, we might even add it on the YouTube channels. We'll see what happens. No promises right now. It's just private for you special VIPs. And yes, I hope the demand is there so we can do it weekly. That would be amazing. Thanks for watching. And uh, any last words for you? Yeah, just, um, I mean, hopefully you can take the advice that we've given so far. Yeah, Not better. Actual advice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Our conversation <laughs> so far. Hopefully you get something from it um, and able to just make like better trades um, uh, and you know, so you don't get wrecked like some of the other yeah. people out there. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. All right.